Mega Tennis, and welcome to another episode of Hello, Fellow Mega Tennis. I'm LaRue, and with me is Neb. Hello. Glib. How's it going? And Spider. Hi. Um, today we got a bunch of news things to talk about, I guess. Um, I think, for me, the biggest thing is... Well, it's not big, but let's talk about DXT for a bit. You guys want to do that? Yep. The only yeah, sure. and best game of the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Bayonetta in DX2. If you guys don't know the Dante Devil May Cry timeline, Bayonetta is Dante's mom. And shortly after, there's a timeline thing, and she ends up in DX2. And she's in the DX2. You collect Halos, or if you played before they edited it out, you, you collect, what was it, Olas? <laughs> uh, Olas. Yes. Hey man, you act like the all ass. And they look exactly like Sonic rings. <laughs> yeah, they don't look like halos at all, but they're halos, I guess. And you collect a lot of them, and there's no real point to it. There's a ranking system. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on this collaboration? Oh, I like getting free units. That's about it. Yeah, it was neat. I mean, it's better that it's not some weird shit. You know, like a lot of collaborations I see are like. They just, they need to collaborate with someone, so they do it with some weird, obscure franchise. So it's cool that it's someone notable, like Bayonetta, but she sucks, so listen to this game, she sucks. <laughs> she, she really does suck. And then, um, I don't know, there's that Blade guy. I don't know Bayonetta, like, too much at all, really. I Googled it um, a little bit before we started recording, <laughs> and my understanding is that she's a witch, and there's also demons and angels, but the angels don't look the same in that game or something? Um... I think that the, there's a lot of interesting dialogue, at least for the first chapter, because I started skipping after that. <laughs> so I don't know what happens after the first um, first part of it, but it was kind it's, it was kind of cool to me. I think that the uh, um, what do they call the units are kind of bad though, right? They're only really good for particular builds. Yeah, they're like they're like flavor. It's like you know, if you want to have if you are a fan of that franchise and you want to have a team with that franchise, you have it. You yeah, know? and that I think the pretty much the highlight is just the interactions with with the characters in this game, and it's also nice that the uh, the art was redone by oh, I don't remember his name, but you know who I'm talking about. Um, the music's pretty nice too that they added in for the Bayonetta collaboration. Yeah, uh, do you know what the significance of that the music is, or because I like no, I don't. I don't. Neb, this is your job. I've never even played Bandit. I think I even have it on PC, but I just, I just, I don't know what's wrong with me. Do you know what the song name is or what? It's the one that plays in the menu. Uh, for I don't the item, item return. Yeah, or I, item I, exchange. I mean, I know that one of them is like "Fly to the Moon" or something. Someone, someone in the channel, the first channel, said that it was called "Fly to the Moon" or "Fly Me to the Moon." Does that have any relevance, <laughs> Glib? Uh, I haven't played much Bayonetta, so I couldn't really tell you for certain. That's an old classic, isn't it? I forgot who did it. Oh, is it Frank Sinatra? Yeah, oh, it's Sinatra. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, I, I thought it was a reference, but I didn't. I didn't know that it was like actually. That song, okay. So I feel kind of 
dumb. I mean, I'm not really sure if it's the same song because it says composer here, Nirihiko Habino, whatever his name is. So maybe it's a different song, same name. We're probably like triggering all the Bayonetta fans who are. Yeah, they're going to love this content. <laughs> <laughs> it makes them feel better. I do plan to buy Bayonetta on Switch or Wii or something, whatever. I don't know. I don't even have her in um, DX2 yet. I have like so many G Gianes. Is she also just called Jean? <laughs> Gian? Uh, I think it's Jean. And I have the ugly like rabbit thing. I don't know what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be an like, angel, I guess. Yeah. It, it just looks look- like he's wearing like a little cherub mask over like a horrifying teeth face. So that's a cool aesthetic. <laughs> oh, uh, beloved. Yeah, love that's it. That's pretty cool. I don't know what I don't know if you guys would would get this, but there's a character in um, Ninja Turtles named Yojimbo, and he's like a rabbit samurai, um, loosely based based off of Yojimbo, I figure. He's and not some, in Ninja Turtles. He's from a totally different IP. He's from his own thing. Isn't isn't he? <laughs> I've only got the there was a crossover event, but the way you phrased it was like, yeah, you know, in Ninja Turtles, there's this guy. Okay, well, okay, I'm sorry. That I only have like some To be fair, Usagi Yojimbo is like very closely tied to like they're they have a lot of crossovers and stuff, so it's not that weird to think that. Yeah, yeah. No, it is, but he's not originally from Ninja Turtles. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll never I'm make fun of your rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> that is a cool character. Though. I like. I've read a good amount of that stuff. He, yeah, he he reminds. But I guess the point that I was trying to make is beloved look like if. Yojimbo took a bunch of the uh, Bane serum, I guess. HGH. Loaded up on HGH and wore a mask. <laughs> I get, oh, there's one other thing I wanted to talk about with DX2. It's not really related, but I guess kind of. Uh, Pokemon Go has that AR photo thing. I don't know if anybody plays Pokemon Go left in the world, but I thought it was really interesting that it's it's exactly like the AR mode that came with DX2 originally. But I could do that, that with Pokemon. That's so weird that that didn't exist on launch because they had the AR like catching the Pokemon by throwing the ball. That's so weird they didn't have a yeah. separate like <laughs> mode where you just go in and look at them because you're doing that anyway in the in the ball throwing part. From what I've heard, is Pokemon Go was pretty much just a copy of uh, Ingress with very few features added. Hmm. Well, I mean. <laughs> I I tried to jump back into it specifically because I wanted to be able to talk about this more. And the only thing that I've noticed that's changed since, I guess, initially is that you can also change the teams now, I guess. And um, you get you can do special raids if you do a raid and you get invited to do a special raid. But <laughs> I don't know. The game is pretty, like, bare, I feel like. And I don't know who plays it, but... There you have it. It used to be oh. everyone. Yeah, it used to be. But now... The summer when it came out at work, they had to send out an email to every person. It never happens that everyone in the entire company gets an email. But they did, and it said, please do not play Pokemon Go on campus. If we see you playing it in the buildings, we're going to write you up. <laughs> Hilarious. Wow. That Damn. category's not worth it. I'll, I guess the, the only thing, reason I wanted to bring it up is because I think it's funny that... SMT came first, Pokemon came next. Now, and people go, oh, look, SMT copy Pokemon. And now Pokemon is straight up copying DX2. Number like 49 of the top 50 like <laughs> mobile games. And Pokemon Go is still like number 12 or whatever. 
they're just going to run out of uh, Pokemon to add, and they're just going to start adding cute chibi versions of existing demons. Like little tiny <laughs> Lucifer. Yeah. Lucimon. Tiny Lucifer. And then, uh, now let's never talk about DXQ again. <laughs> and this is my... All right. This is my genius segue. Now we're talking about Last Bible. It's out, guys. Last Bible Game Gear is out. Not to be confused with Last Bible Special. <laughs> Sorry, I'm dying. Um, yeah, I have not played any of the Last Bible games. I guess they've all been recently translated, or some of them have been recently translated, but I have not picked any of them up. Does anyone know anything about them? Yeah. Uh, oh, actually, go ahead, Glib. I, I was going to hold, uh, hold the spot. I mean, you know more about this than I do. You should go ahead and say something. <laughs> okay. Um, last Bible, the, or this iteration, is the first game. There, there is Last Bible for the Game Boy Color, or Game Boy, which we didn't get. We got Game Boy Color iteration, Last Bible. And over here, it was localized as Revelations of Demon Slayer. It's a game that I believe Gib, Gib, <laughs> Glib played partially, and I played as well. And this is essentially another remake of that game, or a remaster. It has like different sprites. It has a more complete story, because if you played Last Bible 1 for any given amount of time, you'll find that it's pretty incoherent. It just has a generalized like an opening that says a bunch of stuff, and then you wander until you beat the game. <laughs> Um, this one attempts to kind of give you some lore and some information because the other the other two games in the main series fills it out. So that being said, this is supposed to be the definitive version of the first game. And it looks pretty good. <laughs> um I haven't have you guys tried it yet by any chance? Nope. Nope. I'm not gonna lie, I have other priorities right now. Oh no. I'll definitely check it out. They're not very long, right? Um, I would say that pretty much all of them you could be in under twenty hours each ish. I think last Bible special not last Bible special, last another Bible is the one that you could be a lot quicker. I wanna say that this is the one that I read an interview where they said you're supposed to be able to beat it in a five to ten hour flight or something. Um, but I could be confusing that with a Final Fantasy interview I read. I might um, play after I play Redux, I guess. Well, not replay, but, you know, play Redux. I haven't played Redux yet. Yeah, I mean, I got to say that this is probably one of the more interesting uh, localizations or fan translations that Translator Tom has done, if only because it's the Dragon Quest flavor version of SMT. Um, I have seen that he, like, said to not play this, the first iteration or first version of the translation because there are some bugs, but I think that it has since been patched out. If you get if you do download it, it's like the 1.02, I believe, edition. Um, I'm gonna try it out this weekend. Literally tomorrow, I'm gonna play it for like an hour and see if I like it. My biggest complaint that I think I've we've talked about it before is that the recruitment system is super dumb, and there's no um, clear reason or rhyme to how to recruit anything. So none of the stats seem to affect your ability to recruit, and it just seems really random and it's annoying. And that was the only, like, really big thing that I would complain about. And I hope that this version fixes it. That sounds pretty irritating. I like some of the random elements but um, of recruitment in some of the games. But 
Yeah, when it's inscrutable, it makes no sense. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the only other last Bible-related thing is that Translator Tom has been posting a lot about um, his other last Bible experiences. He's probably the only person in the Western-speaking, English-speaking world that's played the mobile versions of Last Bible, one, two, three, and another Bible. Actually, I don't think he's played another Bible. Um, the reason why that's relevant is because those are yet again another remaster. So that version of Last Bible 1 is, I guess, supposed to be different than the Game Gear version. And also with 2 and 3, they're just complete overhauls graphically. And they look a lot better, which is kind of weird for a flip phone game. But there you have it. He's been posting a lot of screenshots. Um, I think he posted like Lucifer and like Necromata and stuff. And they look pretty different. And even the character sprites are different. But in a good way, ish. Like one looks straight up like Felicia from Darkstalkers. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> More human take rather than the weird, too much of a cat deal she's got going on. <laughs> too much of a cat. There's there's definitely like a slider went on like how appropriate a cat demon can be. Yeah, it's like the furry spectrum. Oh, yeah. Proceed too far into the furry direction. It's just an actual animal. So you said this is a flip phone game or what? So this particular translation that Tom has released is a Game Gear game. The um, the one uh, is, yes. sorry, go ahead. The one on the flip, the one on the flip phone, whatever. Uh, the the new one. Oh, the one the one that has the Nekomata is from the flip phone. Just definitely yeah. follow translator Tom. I believe his um. I believe he's called Retro um, Tom, our Retro Translator, at um, on Twitter. So follow him. Wow, no one's gonna be able to find him because I don't know what he's called. <laughs> but go ahead and find him. I shall do that. And then um, what else? We also got some news in, regarding games that are coming to us. Persona Q two was announced a while ago. Like I don't know. Like I feel like it was like a month ago, right? And something like that, yeah. Yeah. There's no dub. People so. are waiting quite a while for it. Yeah, because it came out in what, November, October last year? And uh, end of November, I think. Yeah, and we're getting it um I don't even know in like April or something. Sorry, don't quote me on that. I, I don't really I wasn't really following that news too closely, but the, Yeah, I think it's the next two months or so it's gonna come out. Yeah. But the thing is, I guess is there's no dub. People are kind of upset about it, but at the same time, it's a game that didn't even sell pretty well or well at all in Japan, so I think that they have no hope for it selling well here. <laughs> it's also for it. I think it's... Platform. Yeah, the dying platform, I think it's pretty safe to say that was never going to sell well. Yeah. there. I mean, I guess the only like argument against it is that Persona Q1, or the first one, sold better in America than it did in Japan, or at least according to the data that you can find on, like, VG charts. But, yeah, it was never going to be a, a successful game. <laughs> so I guess the no-dub is, like, whatever. But you know what? Hey, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I mean, I play it's, it. Sorry, go ahead. It's like a trend that's going on, right? First it was um, Redux, and then they're going to do Catherine with no-dub, right? No. And... Catherine, actually, they've confirmed all the original voice actors are coming back. And yeah, it's going to be a, a grand old time. So they're just picking and choosing. 
they somehow got Troy Baker back. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, he's going to cost like a pretty penny. Maybe that's why. Maybe he's the reason why we're not getting Persona Q2 in English. Troy Baker. What a jerk. <laughs> and then um, there's some other things involving Catherine that we're not going to talk about because no one cares. Or at least none of us care, right, guys? The, no one cares about drama. Yeah, who uh, needs a Vita release? The only thing that I want to touch on is there's no Vita release, and I'm going to like stab somebody because I would prefer to play a puzzle game that doesn't need high-end graphics or doesn't need a big screen to play. I would prefer to play that mobile. Now I'm going to have to use PlayStation... Um, what is it called? The, the thing where I just make my PS4 work on my fo- my Vita, and that's how I'm going to do it. Thanks, Atlas. That is spiteful. Yeah, that I might. <laughs> I'd be Bloodborne that way. I could do I could do whatever I want. You played Bloodborne on a Vita? I played Monster Hunter World that way too. <laughs> You're disgusting. I think I mentioned this before, but I might buy full body on sale later, like next year. I don't know, but I'm not paying full price for that for sure. But it's different, and they're and it's gonna have a well. Actually, you could just wait for the manga because there's gonna have be a manga. Instead of playing the game, you can wait for the manga. <laughs> isn't classic? Isn't the story like that's that's what I should have said in the survey? Why don't you play <laughs> Catherine? I'm just waiting for the manga, dude. I gotta get the lore first. Can't just get <laughs> the the jump port. There's two Catherine novels. All right. There's two of them, so there's a lot of lore, and you got to get all of it, so, yeah. And then uh, the other game-related news is, um, what is it, Etrian Odyssey Nexus? Correct. Um, it's it's probably the most Mega 10 game we're going to talk about today, so Glib, go ahead and talk about it. Uh, it's a fun game. I don't know what else to say about that. Uh. How's really, it different from the last one? Uh, basically, this one is like a conglomeration, like a celebrate a celebration of the series, since I think they're expecting this to be like one of the last games in the series because there's they're moving off from the 3ds and the Switch doesn't have a touchscreen, so it's like uh, has a bunch of different dungeons and stuff from the last from the last games. So from one to five, I think I don't think I have anything from Mystery Dungeon. No, I'm not really sure about that, but I haven't been the game yet. I'm playing it right now. Um, so. Or my guess, um, but it basically is just a celebration of the series because the, the series they plan the series to end, I think. But now I think they they announced that there's gonna be one, there's gonna be more on Switch probably. But, mm. the, it's just really confusing to me because it's only like a ten year old franchise, right? It came out in like two thousand six or something. The first one, uh, yeah, I'm not actually like sure that did the first one come out. I just remember it came out around the time um, Strange Journey did. That's my marker for like time. Is when Strange Journey came out. Um, zero zero. Before Strange Journey and after Strange Journey. Came out in 07. Yeah, so that's. So I, I was pretty good about that. So this is the same team that made some other big game that people talk about, right? What game? Um, the other. Reading uh, Astoria? No, they did, they did something else, right? Aren't they the people that? I'm not sure. They're the people that did the other 
game that's supposed to be pretty noteworthy in the SRPG world. Double Survivor? Uh. <laughs> Never mind. It's, it's, <laughs> it's I could have swore it was something that, that people care about. And I got a new mobile game fairly recently, too. Um, I, I think some of the staff worked on um, uh, Sharp FE, too. No, that's not the game I mean either. Uh, this is the long. Describe it. This is the Landcars team, right? Or am I confused? Langrisser, Langrisser, right? Langrisser, yes. That's the thing I was thinking of. Isn't that supposed to be like good too? And is it in the same style of Etrian or no? I haven't played much Langrisser, so I couldn't really tell you that. Yeah, I just remember. I mean. The reason why I even know anything about it is besides, I think we had someone on the Discord server who would talk about um, whoever made Langrisser a lot, um, is that I would get YouTube ads for Langrisser Mobile all the time, and I didn't know why. And then I looked it up, and they're somehow related or somehow connected. But who knows? That's a mystery for another day. Uh, I think Atlas or Index bought them in 2010-ish, and they merged them in with Atlas. Oh yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Because if I remember correctly, they made Etrian, and then they also did Strange Journey, and then they did Devil Survivor, and some people worked on TMS. And I guess the team is dissolved, or they just haven't result. They haven't said anything about that team anymore. I think they just merged into other teams. Yeah. When Index did their restructuring. And then, <laughs> poor Atlas, I get so many restructures, like, so recently, too. Um, trying to find a team that did it, but I can't find anywhere on the wiki or anything. It's fine. No one no, no one cares about <laughs> Langris. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... We're going to just like rapid fire through a couple of other news things. And if, if you guys have something you want to add, just jump in. Persona Super Live 2019 is going to be in April, um, it, towards the end of April. I saw people tweeting at, um, what's his name? Lotus, Lotus something. It's basically trying Lotus to get juice? Lotus juice. <laughs> Squeezy trigger. That's the only thing I can remember him as. So Yeah. He's the rap cop. Yeah. Um, Big fan. So. <laughs> People like were like tweeting at him about tickets and stuff, and it's like he just keeps. I mean, he like posted something today that I was like, "Oh yeah, here's the link to the ticket sale." I was like, "I don't have any part of that," and I'm like, "Yeah, because anyone know how to use Google?" But um, yeah, Super Live 2019 has that's the those are the dates, and it has a ridiculous name. It's the full name is Persona Super Live P Sound Street 2019. Welcome to No Q Theater. I think no means number. That's a lot. Number Q. Q isn't a number. <laughs> Japan. It's almost long enough to be a light novel title. <laughs> when I saw that, I thought that was the most relevant piece of information was a super in over-the-top name. You know when you're watching yeah, anime? It's like it's a, it's like a, it's like a fighting game nine expansions in. Yeah. <laughs> or like when you're watching it Ultra EX <laughs> Ultra Oh yeah, we I mean the Japanese name for Persona Arena is basically like this too, so it's like uh, I don't even, I don't remember the name, it's Ultimax. So 
some shit. Yeah, that's sort of like a. It's, I think that's like a wrestling sort of joke, though. Oh, okay. Well, like all the characters have absurd, really long titles in, in arena. See, I only watched wrestling from like, like twelve, like when I was twelve to like thirteen, and then I stopped because then I was listening to Linkin yeah. Park and System of a Down. <laughs> <laughs> that is the logical progression. If you don't move into into new metal after wrestling, and you keep liking wrestling, you're you're not a good person. Yeah. That's how you end up like <laughs> Ryuji, I guess. I don't know. Um, let's see what else. Okay, Persona Five R. Just this is not really news. It's just a reminder that it's, <laughs> it's happening in March. There's no date. At least I didn't see any on the trailer. Maybe I'm wrong, uh, or maybe there's some sort of like hidden subtext, or you have to run it through an emulator, scan a QR code. Don't know. But um, there's also the Persona Five anime special R Stars or something. That's coming out March 23rd, so that could be the release date. Is that like a by anime special? Is it like a, a short film or is it an actual series? It's uh, airing on TV and I think it's a few episodes. It's not a full season, but it's yeah. not just one episode either. Yeah. And limited run, <laughs> as they call it. And does that mean that it's OVA? Because I don't know what o- I don't even understand like the concept. OVA is just video release. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, there was also a super interesting infographic thing that uh, so the someone at Persona Central aggregated. I don't know. It was interesting to see the sales. If you guys haven't seen it, it looks like basically the first week is the most important week. I mean, I, just, I guess that's kind of like goes without saying for every game, but it's interesting that that makes or breaks Persona sales too. So there you have it. The numbers for 2, 3, and 4 are actually pretty close too if you combine all the uh, yeah. remakes and all that together. I just thought it was really interesting that it seems like uh, Persona 1 is the top dog or our second, second most dog. <laughs> Yeah, for uh, main, if you don't count, count spinoffs and all that, it is really up there. It's because it's the best game, <laughs> but some people, you know, they like to do. Okay, yeah, these are pretty, uh, probably a little biased then, because it says does not include digital sales numbers. So there would be zero added to, not, maybe not zero added, but very few added to P1, right? And then a bunch added to almost all the other ones. Persona 1 on PSP is a thing, though, too. So, Yeah. I think one of the weird things to consider is that, um, yeah, they never. They, I don't really think of any, I can't think of any Japanese site that aggregates digital sales, and I don't think Atlas has ever It's published. very hard to catch. You, you can't really, I guess you could. It would just be really arduous. You'd have to go through every single storefront that you're distributing it on and then sum all that up. Yeah, um, but then it's one of those things where Sega releases that giant thing, that portfolio of all their sales and whatever. They purposely leave out that information, which tells me that it's probably not impressive because they they use very yeah, manipulative wording. So, <laughs> yeah, looking at sales data is always a little uh, a little iffy. But just remember that Persona One is the second most exciting Persona game. Persona Four doesn't even or almost gets there. It's like. 370, I guess. And then, yeah. Persona 2 is... With, the weird thing that... The thing that boggled my mind, I guess, is that 
Persona 2 Eternal Punishment, the better of the two. Um, it's the worst selling out of all of the Persona mainline games. Only to be, um, only thing comes that comes close is Persona 3, which makes sense because Persona 3 is like a weird one. Um, I don't think Hashino Persona games hit their stride to 4. And yeah. That's that. Um, another interesting thing we talked about a second ago was that Persona or Catherine's getting a manga. So yay, it's we're gonna eventually get the entirety of Catherine in manga form. Um, I think that that's weird. They use mangas to all the like, like popular Mega Ten properties. Um, even Persona Arena, which I think that manga ended last year, or maybe it's ended fairly recently because I saw some posts about that. I don't know. I don't think they've announced who's going to be doing the art or whatever. But look out for that. And also look out for the Catherine Art book, which is going to be in English doing, or no. Yeah. Who's doing what? Do we know who's writing the Catherine manga? Because that makes a big difference if it's going to be anything worthwhile or not. See, that's the thing. Um, what, like, in the, I guess, the manga world, are there just some people that are just like, if they touch the manga, it's going to be bad or what? No, it just is if it's going to be actually related to the series or not, or if it's just going to be tits. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I think they said, I know, okay, so then the artist is this guy or a girl, who knows, uh, Konya Rojiko, Jiko, and I believe that's a feminine name, so let's say that, um, let's say that that's feminine. There's, I don't think there's any confirmation on who's going to be writing it, though. It's just going to be coming out digitally, which also is kind of weird. I don't know if that's a norm or a, a new trend or a current trend, but it's a digital manga and they don't say who's writing it. Huh. It's well, distributed by okay. Shod- Shodensha, if that helps. No, no clue. Hmm. Yeah. So will this be in English or is it just confirmed from Japan? It just confirmed for Japan, so it's coming out next month or the first, first, first thingy in the series, I guess. And um, usually these things do get an English release. I don't think the Persona Arena one got one, but the Persona Three and Four ones did, and I think the Five one is going to be getting translation as well. Wait a second. Was Persona Arena one for the uh, like the original Odomax game and stuff, or is it for like the cross battle one that was just a thing a while ago? I believe it's the original Arena Ultimax. It has the guy the from Arena Ultimax in it. I don't know if it, if it ever goes off into the rest of it, but yeah. <laughs> I oh we have one more Catherine thing. Catherine streaming is restricted, so that means you can't play key parts live and people are mad about that and I don't think it matters (laughs) I I think most streaming services would have probably banned the content anyways with the current policies yeah I think most of the stream like I mean if you look at Twitch or if you look at YouTube they're getting they're starting to clamp down hard on like any kind of adult content so a game that's super (laughs) Adult theme is probably not going to get much play with either of those streaming sources anyway. This one isn't super lewd, though, right? Uh, 
There's no, there's no uh, explicit scenes, right, or anything like that. I mean, how explicit is what's 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 like? I guess what it's all like. I guess. What do you mean, do you mean explicit? Like R-rated, dude. Oh, it is very softcore. Then in that case. Yeah. Yeah. But still, like, oh, this guy woke up next to this person, or he sees this person naked. That's oh, fine. That's ooh. like an implication. There's all sorts of those in PG-13 type things. I think yeah. I think they'll be okay in terms of that. And the reason people were mad with Persona 5, they did the same thing. They restricted it so you couldn't stream key scenes on PS4. People were mad because Atlas was, like, going in and, like, I don't think they were DMCA, but they were like reporting streams or whatever for talking. See, or for like being like, oh, this is what's going to happen because I can't, you know, I can't stream this part. Yeah, they were doing copyright claims. Oh, they were actually doing DMCA? Okay. And yeah, that's what people were <laughs> If they don't do that and they just let like the restricted scene technology do its magic, then it's fine. Like people will be mad, but they're not going to lash out like they did because that was fucked up. I don't stream, but I know when uh, Persona 5 came out, I pre-ordered it, and I, I knew that my friend hadn't played Persona before, so I let them watch me while I was playing with screen share, and then when I got past the first like cutscene, it wouldn't let me stream at all. So I think, like, it wasn't just that you couldn't stream certain scenes, you couldn't stream any of it past, like, the first scene. So Yeah. Well, the whole thing? Oh. Yeah, you I thought stream. it was I just watching a few scenes. That. See, and I, I mean, I do kind of remember... Some sort of notification. I I don't really pay attention to that sort of thing. If your if your livelihood is streaming, then I could see that being a, a issue. But I feel like, in terms of trying to create, or this this is where people are gonna think I'm crazy. But this when you're trying to defend your IP and you want people to buy the game, defending the one part that people care about, which is the story, matters. I think, and um, also just creating a controversy would help too. So. People going, oh, you're restricting it. Then people will actually care about Persona. I wouldn't be surprised if that little minor controversy attributed partly to boosting the sales a bit. Or least- maybe, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't care about that whole part. It's just like the the weird backlash of them being like, all right, we're gonna copyright claim or like try to take down the streams in some capacity. That's when it's like you fucked up. Bad. Yeah, that is that is a little a bit too much. Like, I think far. before that is like whatever, I don't care. Yeah, exactly. When you said that, just like when you're saying that, I'm like, oh wow, that's pretty crazy. Um, Atlas has a tendency to do some things where they just respond really poorly, and or they just don't respond at all. A good example is that dumb. Our our testers were too good to find the bugs in are the untranslated. Yeah. Like, probably don't say that at all. Like, can you read or can you, like, put yourself in the consumer shoes? Do you see how dumb that sounds? <laughs> um, so this is more of the same. And I don't know if it's, like, a trend, if Atlas is going to continually get dumber and dumber over time um, and less consumer-friendly or less responsive to the community. Because that's what it seems like they're, they're doing is they're being less responsive, which also leads to the next part, that fatless survey. <laughs> yep. Survey. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm trying to kill this. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. It was, I thought it was kind of neat. Um, people definitely had complaints on what questions were being asked because certain franchises were not represented proportionally. 
mostly mainline was just mainline, and then every Persona game was listed individually, which was kind of messed up. But they didn't list P1 and P2 and parts of it, but in other parts they did. Yeah. <laughs> they did some really questionable they things. P2? Yeah. They didn't. They forgot P2. After speaking of that, though. That is actually funny, though. Survey, I'm pretty sure that they didn't even list, like, before last survey, they listed what you want remakes and stuff. They didn't even list one or two, SMT one or two up there. It was just Nocturne. I thought that was weird. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I guess they had Nocturne and they had. They had one other one, but then they just had like SMT as one of the things. They didn't individualist like every game like they did for Persona. Or every game yeah. that they remembered to list. But how similar is this one to the one that they got in Japan that was pretty comprehensive? Because I know that I know that I or I guess that this is gonna be a thing that Alice is gonna do here annually. I feel like maybe some of the cherry picked um games and questions are either mirroring that one or supposed to be expanding on some of those because I think that if, yeah. let's, let's say that a lot of people said they wanted Nocturne and almost no one said they wanted a remake of 1 and 2, maybe they they purposely didn't put that in. Yes, that is true that it could be targeted. Like, they're, like there's absolutely zero chance they're going to do anything with Persona 2 ever again. So, they don't yeah. list it. So, and then, this is like it's it's a, the other thing is yeah they put all the persona or the, all the Hashino personas because like well I guess let me backtrack they put Persona One and then they put like the bad version of Persona One um, under things that could they want that we might want remastered which I thought was really weird they put it twice um, I don't really know why but I guess my concern or question is that. It's probably more to do with relevance in terms of the longevity of the, the, the series or the um, what's going to get the most sales. Because if we're honest, no one's going to play um, SMT 1 and 2 because look at the people who played SMT IF or um, SMT 1 and 2. <laughs> like, it's only going to be the people who hardcore love the franchise and want to either have that like hipster hat of, yeah, I've beaten all the, the bad games or I've beaten all the old games. Right. Everyone wraps up. one bad? No, I'm saying that it's old. It was like bad is SMT if old is the other ones. Or if you're going to be one of those people that just kind of parrot and um, what other people say, oh, those games didn't age well, <laughs> you know? Um, so I feel like a lot of it was kind of like that, very much targeted. But in saying that, I'm excited for the in the, for. The, for the prospect of more Devil Survivor, even though Devil Survivor 2 wasn't that good compared to the first one. <laughs> and I want, I, want, I want a remake of Devil, Digital Devil Saga because it's probably the best story that Alice has done so far, in my opinion. Those are some... They, they definitely didn't complete it to the way they wanted either. There was a lot yeah. of problems during production. And just imagine... I mean, it's one of those things where if we imagine that they even did these remakes so let's say they re- remake remastered digital devil saga and they added stuff that was cut content which is what um like maniacs edition was for nocturne or any of these other ones are supposedly are adding cut content or things they couldn't add originally um how significantly better or worse would it be considering that almost everyone involved they're gone now <laughs> they're all dead like yeah. the satomi is dead Kane- kaneko is dead like what are we gonna do <laughs> 
you're saying dead literally or metaphorically? Um, well, I have seen an obituary for someone named Kazuma Kaneko, but I don't think it's the same person. But um, figuratively, they're they're dead to the series. They're they're not going to ever okay. come back to Atlas, in my opinion, or at least to that capacity where they're going to take ownership and direction. Yeah, the idea of going back and adding content to someone else's vision is a little bit weird. Um, but it could work. I'd be willing to at least try it. But uh, I would definitely question it, too. I don't think it's worked for any of the series so far. <laughs> hey, Strange Journey Redux, right? I just think that it's not... Like, they're probably different, completely different headspace right now, too. Like, the game is like, what? Nocturne is like 16 now, right? So the game is probably around like 14 years old now, probably. DDS, I mean. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think it would be Oof. the same thing. I don't think it would be right. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they could do something simple like, you know, remaster, change a couple things, you know, mechanics-wise, maybe add some, add some small content, like some bosses, you know, something simple that isn't going <laughs> to change the entire flow of the game, how you level up or anything. Yeah, and there's other things that they can do, in, like for Digital Devil Saga in particular, I was thinking. So then they have like that um, mobile game that's just an added chapter to the beginning of the game or whatever. They could add that in, kind of like Kingdom Hearts style, where they just keep putting old things that don't really matter into the game and reboxing it. They could do something like that, I guess, or add the weird manga that there's no scanlation of online. That's also a digital double saga. Um, but in terms of everything else, like most of these things that you could even consider for a remix are, are just kind of bad ideas, I think, in terms of representing that game as it was, or I guess moving forward, because then you're going to get a weird Strange Journey Redux where some people are going to really love it because they had no strong opinion of um, Strange Journey, or you're going to have people like me who have good taste and don't like Strange Journey Redux. And You're a bad person. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I am one of those people. I didn't play Strange Journey when it came out. Um, I played only Redux. And I thought it was cool. But I did play Nocturne before it was ever remastered. So if it is, then I will be able to experience that. Well, you played the but remastered version. Like <laughs> sure, but if they like <laughs> super remaster it. Sorry, I had to be like that, that actually guy. But yeah. Well, actually... You didn't play in the original Japanese. And there's some other weird things. I and sorry, I don't even like I just I'm just gonna keep digressing and being all crazy because there's a lot of things to talk about with the survey. One of the other things that people brought up was the weird separation of soul hackers from the rest of the Devil Summoner series. And I thought that was kind of odd. <laughs> I, I didn't even know it was part of that. I thought it was a separate thing. I think I know why. Because if you look at it, I think the person confused Devil Summoner for Rido, and they assumed that Rido was Devil Summoner and that Soul Hackers would buy itself. They probably didn't know about uh, the original <laughs> Devil Summoner. Yeah, I, I got confused with Devil Summoner on the, um, the survey. I was like, Devil Summoner's not even translated. How the heck am I going to play this? Yeah. So, one of my theories, because I have some insider information, which is probably bad to put on a podcast. So one, one thing that I know about the current Atlas staff is that instead of hiring people that have a familiarity with all the content, that's which is the standard for most um, companies. So if you wanted to work at Blizzard, you'd have to be familiar with all of their content. 
they are pretty particular with you having like a strong understanding of their brand. Lately, I've someone from Alice has told me that in, t- in general, they go, okay, you're a big fan of Etrian, you can work with for us, or you're a big fan of whatever else Alice does that's not SMT, you can work for us. Um, and that's kind of resulting in these people who are put into positions, especially PR positions, who don't really know like SMT the, or Megaton, whatever you want to call it. And that's probably why. And I think that you guys are right because I don't think I even brought that. I don't know if I put that on the Discord, but yes, that's my theory. And you guys' theory is the same theory as my theory, which is like, it's pretty powerful, right? We're all cool. <laughs> it's the hive mind. And then also Promise Center. <laughs> what, is, what is the most interesting non-Mega 10 thing that they put on the um, survey for you guys? Because for me, it was like, I thought Trauma Center was like, like stood out because is Doi going to go back and start working on Trauma Center again? And then I guess the other one that was kind of cool that was like weird was Girl Answer because I'm like, I didn't know Girl Answer was a franchise. I thought it was kind of just like a thing, a one-off. I don't know. I didn't even notice Trauma Center, to be honest with you. I Radio did. Astoria. The funny little thing they added. Well, I mean... Of those other non Megaton games, were there any like? Okay, do you guys actually? You, you're, sorry, I'm stumbling. Do you want me to list the things that they mentioned that's not Megaton, so you guys can talk about it? I guess. I think we know. Well, Spider said Radio Historia. I yeah, agree. but they already did a remake of it, and yeah, uh, as far as I know, people aren't too thrilled with it. I heard it was good. I mean. I guess by one person told me it was good, but I didn't hear from like the people. So I don't know. <laughs> well, Radiant Historia is pretty good. I, I mean, don't know about the remake. The original. I've only played a demo of the remake, and I since I never played the original, I just was like, "Oh, this is okay." I also brought up Odin's Fair and Dragon's Crown, but I don't. I've never finished Dragon's Crown because it's kind of boring. And um, Odin's Fair, I've only seen, but it's the same. People, right? It's vanilla, vanilla soft or vanillaware. Vanillaware. Yeah. They have a very like um, unique sort of aesthetic. It's very bold looking. I like it because it's almost painterly, but I also don't like it because it's just it's like too too much. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's sort of the point. It's like very excessive. Um, but yeah, if you if you don't like looking at all the noise you may not like it i think it's really cool and i like dragon's crown i didn't finish it i was playing with my brother um but i love beat-em-ups beat-em-ups are fun did you guys add any like other when you could because you could add other games that you want to see them revisit or whatever would you did you guys do that or no i don't even remember what i put i don't I think either. i added anything outside of what they were talking about <laughs> What did I, you say? I, I'm the only hipster, I guess. I put Jack Bros and Last Bible <laughs> and Majin because <laughs> I want I wanted Jack. Oh, I also put Synchronicity Prologue, but I, they have like a character limit or something, so I had to like delete that. But those are all amazing, and I wish people could play them, especially as Jack Bros, because it's like it's already in English. Just make it great. amazing is a very. Uh... Interesting choice of words. I would rather play like a Jack Bros remake than I than play Persona Six. 
you could you could replace Persona Six with any game that'd still be true. So it doesn't mean anything. Okay. So um, they also oh, had during the server they asked a bunch of other things like merchandise and um, ports, sequels and installments. And I think that most of these questions were like, uh, <laughs> I feel like they're all fluff. I don't think most of it like, even mattered. I think that there were specific things that they wanted us to answer and they just filled the rest in with things that we would kind of like to entice us to actually fi- finish the survey. You know what I mean? I, I did I f- complain about the Persona 5 Atlas store. <laughs> well, Atlas store is just Persona 5 store. And, and one... Exactly. And one SMT wall scroll. I will say that I think the full survey flowed pretty well. I like the follow-ups on if you said you didn't play a game, it would have you know information about did you ever hear about it, why didn't you buy it, you know all that other stuff. So I thought oh, that yeah. was kind of interesting data to collect. Um, I was wondering if they're going to use those metrics at all to sort of up their advertising or figure out. You know, do we need to distribute to reviewers more often or something like that? So that, that seemed cool. And yeah, I thought that that's the stuff that they're actually going to use. I think that is in a way that they're probably like using that to rate um, their media presence because for pretty much any answer pertaining to how I get information, it was almost never through Alice USA. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, my answers are very unhelpful for every game that I had. And like, I did ask, hey, how'd you hear about this? It's like, the internet i don't watch reviewers i don't you know follow ign or whatever it's just i, I hear about the game from someone on the internet yeah yeah some I of these games been... are from decades ago i don't remember yeah, <laughs> that too yeah <laughs> i walked into gamestop one day that's how i found about agent odyssey to be honest sorry what did you say <laughs> That's how I found out about Extreme Odyssey. I walked in the game and saw it on the shelf. Uh, I think I've only seen the I've only seen a couple of Etrians in the wild, um, but never never bought it because I didn't like Persona Q, and people said that's the same game basically. Disgusting. Making maps, making maps, cool. I like it. It is no coincidence that the best mainline SMT game was made in the Extreme Odyssey engine. Just saying. I tried Etrian and I didn't really like it. It was one with the underwater kingdom or something or other. See? Yeah. Yes, three. Is the combat in three? Q okay. and is the combat in Q and EO similar? Like the weird sort of like lock in all your shit and then they go and there's like rows of people. It's like that. Has anyone played Q here? What? We're asking you. <laughs> yeah, you. You're the you're the you. Hello? Oh, okay. Okay, so then I guess well, why did you say it's disgusting for not for liking it? I was talking about You never Ashton played Odyssey. the game. You're a hater, dude. Disgusting for not playing Echinazi. Come on now. Alright. You're <laughs> And then the other I guess the other part that people got excited for was the ports. I don't really think any of these ports are good ideas except PC and Switch. Switch, because everyone has a Switch, because it's so so easy to trick people into buying a, a Vita and calling it a Switch. But <laughs> stay the, the, Vita. the Switch has games. It has PS Vita has no games. 
you're right. The Switch is probably has the Guinness Book of World Records record for most ports from PC to Switch. <laughs> most most games. PS Vita <laughs> has no game. Stop. Um, but I think it's I think it's a good idea if they actually implement any of these things. Uh, they did use a third party for the Catherine port to Steam, so I mean they could just do that again for other games if they don't really want to remake them or whatever. They can just port Nocturne to Switch yeah. or Steam, just and that'd be kind of good. Yeah, dump everything on Switch and PC. Like that's not a ton of effort for the amount of money you'll get off of it. Exactly. Certainly. Which is and they'll be outsourcing it. That's not going to tie up too much ad sets. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think that, because I was trying to think of the relevance of this with Atlas USA, because Atlas USA at its core is just a localization branch. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't develop anything. And their their feedback is largely ignored <laughs> anyways. So I was thinking that maybe this, that this is another pertinent piece of information where they want to know which things to port to. And that's why... They even mention it at all. I think port to as many things as possible. The Xbox One doesn't have any owners, so it's not going to get any sales, but can do it anyway, too. And um, I guess, is that all the news? I was going to talk about Wonderfest, but it's not really that interesting. Just a bunch of stuff happened. They made a bunch of toys, a lot of fan toys. Um, Specifically, the only thing that was interesting to me was that they made a lot of digital or a lot of Devil Children fan toys. And the reason why that was funny to me is the character that they did the fan toy of is, um, I keep saying fan toy, but it's called the Garage Kit, is uh, Neb's favorite uh, Beelzebub. Hell yeah. In the the show or in the show slash uh, series, his name is Zebel, Zebel or Zet. And. He's just like a normal demon boy, and then he turns into like a weird demon boy bee hybrid thing. <laughs> a bee? Well, well, it looks it's supposed to be a fly, but it's like a kid version of Beelzebub, so it doesn't look as Beelzebub-y. But when you look at it, you can see the original character design like kind of like mushed in with Beelzebub and made into a Digimon, and it's really interesting. But the toy is like a... Um, like a shoujo manga version of that character, super weird. They made they made him like a pretty boy instead of like a weird, uh, like Bart Simpson esque, like you know, uh, troublemaker. Um, and that's that's uh, Wonderfest. <laughs> I see the uh, design now. It actually looks like the original design that Kanako based his Beezle Bob. Yeah, it actually yes, exactly. He looks like a kid in like a what? What are those like animal pajama costumes called? Onesies? I don't know. Yeah, there's like a word for ki- kigu something. Onesie. Whatever. That's what it is. Yeah. Or like a sleeping bag, like a full body sleeping bag. That's, That's actually like now it comes full circle, full body. We're here, Catherine. Oh shit. Uh oh. Um, let's try to avoid that drama conversation though. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing that happened is that people data mined whatever that means for your Persona Smash Bros and Mementos Smash, yeah. is going to be maybe Smash stage. So, big yeah, surprise. what else would it be? What else has like a you know Velvet room recognizable? Uh, no, that, cafe Cafe LeBlanc. 
It might transfer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just in a coffee shop knows? the entire time. Or the gun shop. <laughs> you know, uh, be, <laughs> would be cool if it was in the um that that square where the um Torah is because he's the only social link that matters anyway. Yeah, he's just he's just talking. He's giving a speech the entire time you're playing. You get it's like you a get three bust. hour recorded speech. <laughs> you get bust when you hear like certain parts of his speech. That'd be cool. There was also other stuff uncovered too in the data mine. Um, a asset for Joker named Jane. So and it's apparently Whoa. ponytail or something or ponytails. Oh, like so I'm guessing it's probably Anne or his cross dressing costume. Uh, well, his, his cross-dressing costume is like him in like a uh, police uh, uniform, isn't it, or something? Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. I don't even know what to, how to feel about that. Um, like, it's like one of those things where I feel like people are going to complain because every, people complain with with any change. <laughs> well, don't worry. They'll con- they're confirm Persona Five for Switch. And then we'll have a fem MC. Don't worry about that. <laughs> That's not <laughs> oh, gonna happen. That would be so interesting if if this data mine broke that news of a fem option for the main character. That would be pretty interesting, you're right. It would be interesting, but I think it's highly unlikely. Yeah. Especially it, with most of the veteran staff of P five moving on to a new project. Yeah. Yeah, or it could be like we're like the spitting on the grave thing with Strange Journey Redux, where they're like, "Oh, I know this matters to you guys, so we're going to change it, make it bad." Yeah, but, yeah, but that still had original staff on it. True. Yeah. But how would you feel? They just like dropped in a new character model, and every single interaction was exactly the same. It'd be like um, DX two. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Sega knows how to make a Mega Ten game. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I totally like my female character being called bro, or man, <laughs> or sir. To be fair, I do call everyone dude, and it makes some people upset. Yeah, dude's okay, but bro's definitely not. Bro's a little bit <laughs> I have got I've gotten in trouble for calling a group of girls guys before. Like, I think I, I like, and I don't know. Um, I, isn't guys, like, um, genderless? Or they, to me, it is. I think it is too. Yeah, but it depends who you're talking to. This ties back to an earlier episode where I said we should go back to Quakerism, where like they should say <laughs> "the" and "thou," like no titles, no like uh, articles, whatever they're called. That'd be nice. And pronouns? What? Pronouns? Yeah, no pronouns, just only "the" and "thou" and "thy" and shit like that. There was one other. I, I keep saying there's only one more piece of news, and then I just talk about more news. But here's for sure the last news. Um, shmup, shmupula, shmupulations. They're like this Patreon-based translations thing. They they've translated a couple of um, Kazuma Kaneko interviews before. One where he it was like a cross interview between him and um, I don't know her name or what she does, but another person. <laughs> and another one where um, they translated all of the um, Zone of the Enders uh, discussions and. He's there for a little bit, and they talk about why he's even in in Zone of the Enders. Apparently, he drink he used to go out drinking with uh, Kojima. Read that translation, though. I'm not going to spoil it any more than that. So they translated three small mini interviews that talk about like the first game, and I thought it was cool. Um, Kazunari Suzuki, who's the old scenario writer, 
um, is in that interview. Some people that you basically never see in interviews are there. The old PR guy and uh, some other people, along with Kozi Okada and Kazuma Kaneko. Um, I'm, I'm trying to make a conscious effort in pronouncing the names a slightly better, but I, it's hard because I don't really care. Um, interviews are interesting, though. Have you guys read them? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So everyone else should read them. <laughs> yeah, we'll post them in the description. I had a few comments and questions, if, if y'all had any, too. I don't know. Sure. All right. Um, okay, so I was reading the, I was reading the interview. Find where this is. Mentioned some part about their someone saying it was like SMT was a nine part story, but then I got kind of confused because like some because there's SMT nine, so I wonder if that was like a like a like a a local saying I guess on like a like a local idiom in Japan. I don't know. Like I don't get what that means. The thing I don't know. My understanding is that um, originally you're supposed to be a nine like nine entries that would over arc and have this long story they talk about lucifer get like slowly gaining wings throughout the series and he's supposed to get 12 wings and that's supposed to be some sort of relevant thing so there was oh this is just, i don't even want to say it because i feel like people are gonna take it out of context but there was like a loose timeline-esque thing originally Nine, though, SMT9 does not have any relation to that in the sense that the name SMT9 is in reference to the nine different endings because there's nine alignments in that. And that's it's supposed to follow D&D alignments as opposed to SMT alignments, which do whatever they want. Okay. So my next question was, if you read the Kaneko... Okay. Well, if you read the Kaneko interview... This is that he didn't intend to make games originally, so you think that's why he left making games, or at least he's not doing them right now? Oh, he just okay. I would have to imagine so. I mean, if you end up in a weird career that you didn't even intend to be in, you probably don't have a lot of attachment to it. Granted, these interviews from '92 or something, yeah. So a lot can change between then and now. Maybe he has changed his mind, and he, he loved it more than any other career he'd been in. But from, we don't really know. From what I remember, he started off as an animator. And he went to school as a designer. Clothing designer. I believe that. And the only old things I remember that are that I could add is that he's mentioned he only start, started drawing because he wanted to impress women or something. Or, and um, he never really liked it. So those are the only two things. And I guess that kind of corroborated a bit. If he was mostly ultimate Jed, yeah. If he was mostly into fashion and he didn't really like drawing and he didn't really care for video game making, or that's not something that he ever aspired to do, makes sense that he'd leave or die, um, as it were. My favorite takeaway from any of the interviews on this uh, link. It's the very end of the Kaneko one. And he says, uh, if you want to make good games, number one, don't play video games very much, which is <laughs> great advice. And also, number two, don't be negative. So by those two rules, no one who likes this franchise could possibly ever make a video game. <laughs> <laughs> Consider <But> that. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. I did actually didn't notice that, and that was kind of funny. But, uh, I do like the sentiment of looking outside of just video games for inspiration. 
Yes, I think he is actually wrong in the sense that like everyone needs to do that on the game. Because if you have some guy, like a John Carmack type guy, who's like just an engineer and knows like every technical thing about every game ever, um, then that's really valuable. But yeah, if you're especially yeah. if you're a designer or something, you know, you're from the aesthetic side of the game. That's absolutely vital, and that's very very good advice. Yeah, I was actually thinking like. This interview sparked this weird train of thought where I was considering why um, Kaneko is like in hibernation and why um, Okada left. And I think it was no secret that uh, Cozy was pretty disappointed with everything that <laughs> that would come out. Basically, there's a there's a very recent video that someone put out that summarizes Jack Bros, and they talk about how it's literally the best Virtual Boy game, and that it's it stands out for how much effort was put into the game and how much thought was put into the game compared to every other Virtual Boy release and how innovative it is besides... And with all that being said, it's largely forgotten and only kind of known as this novelty that's worth $800. Um, and I think that if, you're, if your ideology is to make good games, make creative, innovative games, and, you're, and anytime you do innovation, it gets largely ignored and, you know, like... I think that that would kind of be crushing because if you look at some of the stuff they've innovated, they've innovated the monster hunt, monster catching like genre. They've innovated the press turn system and um, they innovated not being able to draw ankles. <laughs> I don't know. They've done a lot of things. And I was like, this is, this interview is interesting because they seem so happy and optimistic in a, in a sense and so creatively free. And then before they got crushed with all of the disappointment, like in terms of sales and in terms of recognition for their exploits. Well, that's a very depressing take on the interviews. <laughs> it's like, I like the part where they all got crushed by this industry. That's just like a eternal, like steamroller of everyone's hopes and desires. <laughs> that was my favorite part. Cause look, look at what he's doing now. Okada is making gambling games for mobile apps. Like that's what he does. It's, Poker. Damn, pun- punished Okada. <laughs> internal punishment. <laughs> yep. Maybe innocence in an internal punishment is... Mad as in hell. <laughs> but yeah, it was really depressing to read this. I, I don't know if... <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> that context or perspective, so I just had a good time reading them. I was having a good time reading them. <laughs> I feel like... Okay, I thought at least Spider. Did you take away some of that like depression in from there or not really? Or... Maybe from some of the more recent ones. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. There's a lot more, uh, I guess, I don't know, unsureness and self-doubt in, in interviews, in the recent ones. Yeah. Modern but, interviews, I mean. But I think Not if so much the, old, the ones that are getting translated now, but just the ones that have come out in the last few years. Yeah. But if you just... It's just that juxtaposition, that contrast between these guys who are over here bragging about like their cool ideas and they seem like they're having fun. I think there's literally a quote where it says, like Kazuma laughs or something, and I'm like, What he 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 can make that, he can vocalize like happy sounds for him to go from that to <laughs> to not existing anymore and to um promote some like game that copies his game, which I'm talking about the last or the lost child. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't Before mean we change topics, I have one more thing. 
Um, Go for it. This is more of an observation, but when I was reading the, uh, I think the middle, the middle one, you talk about the difference between magic and summoning. And if you read it, it says that the, uh, that the magic is actual from the person's spiritual energy or whatever. And the summoning is through the technology. And the, the, the uh, demons are summoned from the Esluth, which is the uh, the top layer of the Sephiroth and the Kabbalah. I don't know if you guys know about that. I don't really. I, it's very surface. My, yeah. The subject is very surface level. But uh, but if you if you look at that one, and then when I was looking at the picture for the uh, the Zebel, whatever his name is, that uh, that he came from the Expanse, and something he said something it was a trigger word. And then basically reference the Kabbalah, uh, reference the Sephiroth too. So I'm wondering if like the Expanse and Sephiroth are the same thing. So would you think like assuming all the worlds are connected, do you think the stuff like the Swartzwell and stuff like uh, I mean I don't know like uh, I guess Expanse also maybe the what's the thing again? Uh, not the Kalpa. Uh, I think from Nocturne. Uh, Amala Network maybe. The Amala Network. Oh, we're gonna get into Amala Network theory. Stop. Please don't do this. Amala Network is the Sephiroth, isn't it? Yes, I mean, well, well, part of it. I don't want to do this. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to even say anything. Thank you, Cliff, for okay. bringing up timelines on accident. <laughs> I was just okay. confused. I was, oh, I have not. I'm, I'm not I'm even sorry. thinking about timelines. I'm just thinking about themes cool. here. So, in, <laughs> from a thematic point of view, they utilize the Sephiroth heavily, which is why in the anniversary edition, whatever the the logo for the CDs is the Sephiroth. Um, that's all I want to say about it. All right, then. Thank you for this whole topic. I didn't think you'd break me. Sorry, man. (laughs) There's better news. Uh, We have questions. You want to do questions now? Yes, that's all that's left. Alrighty, I will read us some questions. I picked up a pretty nasty cold a couple days ago, so I'm still a little bit bad on the voice end, but I'll try. Uh, Our first question comes from Michael Sanchez. He writes, Do you guys think Ronde is overrated? JK, but actually, what are your guys' thoughts on the recent survey? We already discussed that. Do you think we might see some new spinoffs, especially with the amount that previous ones were mentioned in especially with the mother but we definitely are getting new spinoffs we have uh, an event in march to talk yeah. about spinoffs i mean if he's talking yeah. about in reference to like he the, might be speaking broadly just yeah that's true anything. outside of persona um i feel like it's almost not likely we still have like the whatever the action platform or whatever it was but i think that's going to be a persona game to be honest I don't know if we're going to get a mainline or Devil Summoner or whatever else spinoff. What do you guys think? No. This is more of just my personal hopes, but since, like, I got not Persona, since SMT is taking more of, like, a third-person type of gameplay, I hope they bring Devil Summoner back and make that more make that the first-person uh, spinoff. So we have something like that going on still. When you say Devil Summoner, do you mean Raido, or do you mean, like, the franchise in general or the series in general? I mean, like Soul Hackers. Oh, the bad one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Summoner is still in Japan, so I think there's definitely some uh, ground there that we could see some of that. But I still think yeah. it's highly unlikely. 
If they do Devil Summoner, please just don't do Rhydo. Let him die. Do literally. No, Rhydo's the most popular one. That's the definitely the one they would do. Yeah, he's going to come back. He'll be back. No. <laughs> when they had the uh, D2 um, Liberation, um, what was it, the anniversary unveil for all the new content, they had asked what crossovers you'd like to see for um, D2. And the um, host had said Psychopaths and something else. I forgot. Oh, um, I forgot what the other one was. But that, and then they asked the audience, and the audience shouted right out. So, no. <laughs> Hell yeah. Right, no. <laughs> he, he would make sense in that game. He'd be cool. He would make sense in that game, but please let him die. Or at least put a, any other Rhydo. If you asked if he was one of the, the, the characters, they just put him in there, and he's just with these like high school children. Well, he is a high school kid, too. I think he's supposed to be like 18 or 17. <laughs> what? He looks like a grown-ass man. He's wearing a school uniform. Yeah, that's a turn of the... What is it? Like, um, can't remember the name of the, the era where they started to get all... Showa? Was it Showa? Yeah. 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 He's wearing that era uniform. And it's also the same thing as that, what that one famous guy wears. The guy that looks like uh, the Street Fighter guy. Sorry. What? I don't I'm, His uniform is both a... Uh, traditional school uniform from that era and also it's similar to this other devil summoning character who's also a Kuzunoha. Do you know do you know who I'm talking about, Spider? No. Uh, which one? He's like buff and he has like a weird tiny head. No, I don't. Is it Mr. X? <laughs> no, I haven't even played um the remake of Resident Evil 2 yet. It's just yeah. Whatever, I'll right. I'll I'll post a picture when I remember. The only thing Anyway. Yeah, they, just set in the in the YouTube video, just set that picture to that person as we're desperately trying to remember what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. Well I don't think I, I don't think you guys know what I'm talking about because it's one of those like like hipster things where I'm like, oh I know something that's like trivial. Um obscure manga lore. It's pro- but it's, All it's right. anyway. Yeah, sorry. Question number two comes from Hilda Lagos. Oh, wait, actually, before we go to that, oh question, my god, <laughs> I do want to say congratulations to Michael Sanchez because he won the thing for his cool vid- like the little he did that story video where he's playing Nocturne and then he does the thing and he starts playing DX two. He that's his video. That was the best video. It should have won first place. Yeah, I've, I'm not gonna say that they're racist, but I are are whatever. But they definitely didn't put enough um, Western or or the whatever. All the winners were from the Japanese version of the game, except two people, literally two people or three people. So it sucks that although Michael Sanchez is the only person who knows how to make videos, that's also a Mega Ten fan that submitted a video, and he didn't win first place because they're xenophobic. Well, it's called ethnocentrism, actually. It's illegal. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead and die, Sega. Yeah, no, they. Uh, yeah, that's not a surprise that they focused on their own first. But One of the English do. winners wasn't an English winner either. They just used the tag, and Facebook just copy pasted. Yeah, because they their brainlets. So I don't. I'm not gonna bash Sega too much. But Sega can die. 
but also they can die. All right. These opinions uh, are not mine, Savior. Please email me a copy of Yakuza. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then die. Yes. Yakuza's pretty great. Question number two comes from Hell the Lagos. What do you think Atlas might plan with this survey? Like, see if it's a good investment in doing something the fandom wants, like a remake or SMTH? Or reviving old franchises like Devil Summoner? Or who knows, more points, ports, or SMTH? Since now with P-Studio, they just need to do asset flips because the engine is done and they already put the new staple in quality? Or the real goal is distract us from SMT5? Uh, right. I, will, I, I, I don't have a lot to say about this. I know you guys probably do, but I will say, yeah, every decision they make with every other franchise is just to distract everyone from ST5, even though they've never announced practically anything about it, and they won't have like another year. That is Question the goal, first. I will say that. Okay. What was, what's SMTH again? I'm confused. What was that? Or it's Some... how they're saying something, I think. Or oh, something. okay, I got you. Yeah. Or is it, or S and T hell? Uh, it could be shaking my something head. I don't know. Anyway, go on. You guys discuss the stuff because I don't know what he's talking about. Um, there's a lot that I don't understand <laughs> in what they're saying, but basically uh, the the survey part we can skip. We already basically said like, yeah, we 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 took a guess of what they might be doing with asking certain questions about different franchises. Uh, we just discussed sort of reviving old franchises. Now I think the part we want to address is P-Studio Imports. Thank you. I, I'll go with this, actually. Okay. Because I've been posting this a lot on the sub lately. Um, the asset flips for Persona are not being used for SMP5 or any other um, game. Except for maybe Catherine? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they use the same. I don't think so. That. Oh, okay, but um, SMT5 is uh, working with Unreal Engine 4, and they're building their assets from the ground up. They were finishing up their models back in August, I think. They had an interview about it. So yeah. yeah, there's no asset flipping for spinoffs or any of that for franchises other than Persona. Yeah, consider this. Um, um, in terms of, like... Assets, you have DX2, which is completely different assets. Um, I believe M, the guy who does, who works on, works on that website, the cutting room floor, he extracted all the models and stuff, and he said that essentially those assets are comparable to PS3-ish graphics. So you have that. Then you have the Persona 5 models, which, again, are like PS3 models. Then you have the SMT5 models, which are designed using the Unreal Engine, and that's completely different from the engine they use for, for the other two mentioned games. The idea that they're going to reuse assets of Persona 5 is pretty unlikely because it's the fidelity is so low compared to what everything else is going to be doing with SMT5. It's more likely that they're going to use whatever they do for SMT5 in the future, but... <laughs> I don't think I can see four years into the future because I don't know what they're going to do with those assets besides maybe some like spinoffs like you were saying. Um, yeah, the uh, new spinoffs that are coming out? Yeah. Oh yeah. They, I mean, if they 
I guess that's probably going to be the only case of when the, if they reuse assets for Persona 5, they'll probably use them for those spinoffs. I don't think they're going to use the Unreal Engine because I think the only other game that they're possibly using that engine for is possibly, possibly, possibly RA Project Fantasy. And I don't even know that because they don't, I don't think they've stated what engine. Um, in regards to distracting us from SMT5, every single release they ever do is always the same. They do a teaser, then years pass, and then they do another teaser with maybe a little more to it. And then in the year that it's going to be released, we usually get a full trailer followed by trailers almost every month, and then we get the game. It's pretty systematic, I I think. I mean, I, I, I could be wrong, but I feel like almost every Atlas game is like that. So we already have the teaser that happened way early. Now we're in the waiting period. They're not doing this um, to, like, distract us or whatever. There's three different teams, at least, for Atlas. This is just how they work. Teaser, bunch of time, trailer with release date, trailer, 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 we get the game. Right? Am I wrong? <laughs> There's a bunch That's of fantasy so articles true. six months before it comes out, too, usually. Yeah, yeah, that too. But I'm, I mean, like, I'm just talking about, like, people tend to miss all that stuff. If you're just a casual fan, you're probably only going to watch the teasers. You're not going to read any of the articles. You're not going to read, well, I mean, unless it's Persona Central, you won't read any of the articles or anything. So, I forgot what the point is. Point is, no, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's the same. Uh, I kind of agree with you on that last part. I don't think they'd really be trying to, what's the word, uh, make us not pay attention to SNT5. I feel like at that point, they, would, they was, wouldn't have announced it at all, you know? I don't know. Yeah, they just have a really weird marketing strategy, and <laughs> it doesn't really work. <laughs> so I don't know why they keep doing it that way. But yeah, I mean, to be fair, it was at the announcement of the Switch. I feel like if there was, if they were closer to releasing it to the Switch coming out, it would have been better because it would have been in people's heads because it was announced with the Switch. Not announced, but like revealed with the Switch, rather. Yes. Moving on, guys, please. Probably. All right. Guys and gals, guys and gals. Yes. Don't you dare. All right. Third question written by Luciano Francini says, do you think DDS and Devil Summoner have a future as IPs in the Atlas lineup after SMT5 is released? Also, general speculation on what they do with all the shiny new HD assets other than Nocturne Remake. We sort of went over... These in general, um, I think it's unlikely that they would revive these franchises. It'd be weird. I think they should s- just start a new thing, you know. But it's yeah, it's really hard to completely try something new, even if it's a company you know and you you really like and trust. It's consumers are going to side with a recognizable name more often than not. And getting together old staff to make keep it consistent too is not going to be easy. Yeah. I don't know it's if they'll get like new games, but they'll probably keep re- probably keep making merch and keep referencing them and stuff. Um, at best, what I think is, if I mean we pretty much said all the stuff, but if they if if this survey means that they're going to revive anything, 
the best way to do it is to is to probably um, do a remaster and announce a new or or announce a new entry in this, in that because if you announce a new entry, you can get a you can get a read on. Um, I guess new people's interests, and then you could remaster them after that, and get them the people who are newly interested in the in that IP to buy the older games. Sometimes that works, but it doesn't really because if you look at Persona Three, it did not boost the sales for the the older games. If you look at Persona Four, it did not boost the sales for Persona One and Two. So there's some like some hidden miss to that. Um, I don't think that they're going to revisit like Digital Devil Saga specifically because that story is done. <laughs> um, they could redo They could do a new Devil Summoner because that's a pretty popular IP, but then they would have to do a Rido one. And that sucks because Rido is boring. <laughs> uh, um, uh, the Saga novels are also done, I think. So there's really not a whole lot of reason to revisit. Yeah. Um, they could, they could. Just, it would just be a devil summoner name only, or it could, they could revisit different eras. They could, um, one of the Rido books, or the Rido book, touches on a story where he has to deal with um, Kyoji the first, and Kyoji the first is kind of like this, like dumb, dumb um, summoner guy who has like all his little summon tubes strapped to him and whatever. And he's all edgy, and he's like the first Kyoji. Um, they can always touch on like the earlier periods or they can go further into the future or something, I guess. But um, I think that the, in terms of period pieces, they hit the most interesting like time period of Japan for a Devil Summoning game. So let's not do any more Devil Summoner. Maybe another Devil Survivor, maybe another uh, Jack Bros. <laughs> As for what they're going to do with the assets, I have no idea. But oh, yeah. I think um, with a lot of the games that are going to come out from now on because it's the end of the history period in uh, Japan. So end of an entire era. I think that's going to be a really common theme in games coming out. End of an era. Also, um, if I remember the name of the person, he's a super famous character. Um, Yasunori Kato. <laughs> like really famous. Um, Bison looks a lot like him. I think, but they also have a character in one of their right or in the Rido manga who's based on him too. Um, and he looks basically like Rido. Sorry to like jump back, but if you rewind huh? the podcast 10 minutes ago, you'll know, I guess. His character design is based off of some old tokusatsu show, I think. Oh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, um, and that's yeah, that's it, I guess. Yep, there were only three questions this edition because somebody posted the "please give us questions" notification too late. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that, and I also won't ever use a meme um, <laughs> when I ask questions because I guess everyone was just like, "Well, this meme is a meme," and no one decided to actually read the text, so I won't ever pair. That come, I won't ever do that combination because that resulted in three questions. Also, um, sorry. So, anyways, I guess that's it. Unless you guys have anything else you want to say, is there anything else you want to say, you guys? Nope. Guys and gals. No. Good. I guess not. All right. Um, thank you, guys and gals, <laughs> for watching or listening to Hello, fellow Mega Tennis. Um, 
And we four people are going to stop talking now. I'm LaRue. Yep. And you guys are, you guys. <laughs> the funky bunch. Okay. Yep, the funky bunch.